0: Hello, welcome to the Cotslow Theatre. My name is Dan Rebellato and uh, we're here to talk about the National Theatre's new music theatre production, London Road. And I'm very pleased to have the writer, Alecky e. Blythe, the composer, Adam Cork, and uh, the director, Rufus Norris, to, here to talk about it. So, Alecky, can I start with you? Yes. Um, London Road's source material is a series of interviews that you did uh, in Ipswich in the kind of immediate aftermath of the famous brutal series of murders that happened right, in yes. December 2006. Can you just start by saying something about what kind of drew you there and what you thought you were going to be doing Ooh. with this <laughs> material that you generated?
1: generating? Um, well, I actually set off, I was making a play, um, I was researching a play for the Royal Court at the time called The Girlfriend Experience, and that was all set in um, a working girl brothel. Um, and at the time of the murders, the girls who were working there were saying, oh, it's of a bit quiet, because, of course, every punter was a potential suspect. Um, and so um, business was quiet. And uh, even though what was happening in Ipswich was a different... It was dealing with a different level of prostitution. Um, you know, the girls were all dependent on drugs. And the, piece, the other piece I was doing was a slightly different um, niche market of slightly more independent women who weren't drug dependent. Um, I just couldn't help myself go down and see whether there was anything that I could glean from what was happening in Ipswich to add into that piece. Uh So that's sort of why I went. And also, you know, I was just sort of drawn to it. It was compelling. Um, And so I went, um, five bodies had been found, but no arrests had been made. So I sort of first got to Ipswich, if you like, when um, it was in the height of its fear. And when I got there, I sort of realised, no, this is nothing to do with the other play, but I'm getting some really interesting material because people are in a you know extraordinary situation, right. um, queuing up for rape alarms, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. And so I just collected it and sort of got it in the can, if you like. Right.
0: And uh, I mean, the, this represents something of a, a departure, I suppose, from some of the techniques you've used mm-hmm. before. But what is consistent is, the, is the, the use of what they call verbatim, which means... <laughs> a minutely observed um, sort of reproduction of ordinary speech patterns. Could you just say something actually about the kind of work you did before this and then we'll talk about actually how this is different.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, It's a technique that I learnt from Mark Wing-Davy when he was running the Actors' Centre, and uh, he himself had learnt it from Anna Devere Smith, who's an American actress. Um, And um, basically, it's to go out and do interviews with people um, just audio, um, which uh, are then edited. And then in the past, uh, in performance um, and in rehearsals, the actors wear earphones and they copy the exact, um, not just what's said, but how it's said, with every um, ah, stutter, um, you know, every kind of non sequitur, all that detail is retained. And they sort of speak about two seconds after the voice they hear through the earphones, sort of thing. And for this piece, though, it's been a it's been a departure. The first time I've actually worked with the actors have actually learnt it from from the tapes.
0: Okay, well that's good. That takes (laughs) us on to the (laughs) the next process, mate. Because because I suppose it it was about six months after that, uh, you two were thrown together uh, at the National Theatre Studio, which is kind of National Theatre's sort of research and development kind of wing. uh, could you say something, Adam, about how, what your immediate response was to, to that kind of shotgun wedding and, uh, <laughs> and where you kind of took it from there?
2: Well, it was quite interesting because there were, there were actually three composers and three playwrights um, taking part in that week. So we were, there was quite a spirit of camaraderie, really. We were all in the same boat together. Right. And um, we were uh, presenting our, our work that we'd done during the course of the week, uh, at the end of the week on the Friday, to each other and also to the National. Um, and I suppose when I first met Alaki and she told me she was a verbatim playwright, um, I said what? Oh. <laughs> and she explained everything that she's basically just explained to us uh, about her methods and her way of working in documentary theatre. And I thought, gosh, this is this is going to be um, this is going to be a real challenge. Um, and at first, I felt a little bit overwhelmed by the prospect of just listening to unversified, spontaneous speech and, and turning it into music. But then I, kind of, I thought back to experiences I'd had writing some you know quite difficult, versified but with inconsistent line lengths and no rhyme and that sort of thing, translations of the Caucasian chalk circle and things like that, and I thought actually what resulted from that was really interesting because I was forced to use my whole imagination to come up with something that would work musically, um, and obviously it's never going to work in a musically obvious way, but actually that adds a, a, a spice. Um, and I, I took it from there, really, and we, we experimented a lot in that first week um, and subsequently had about three other <coughs> weeks, didn't we? Um, and really refined our, our way of tackling it. And how how quickly... Um, no, let me ask
0: it the other way around. I mean, what's very striking about the show is actually the, the verbatim material does kind of resolve itself into songs, actually. Um, and I suppose I, I was watching it and thinking it, it would have been perfectly possible to do a sort of recitative thing, where you would just, in a sense, unmelodically <gasps> score that naturalistic speech. But in fact, you, you did make the decision that certain phrases, certain sequences become kind of choruses and other oh. things become verses. Yeah. And oh. Oh. So in it wor- takes some form.
2: Workshop three was actually my, my, right. <laughs> my attempt at that version, which, in right. which there was sort of very little repetition. And I thought I'd approach it in a real stream of consciousness way and just set the material as it presented itself without imposing any repetition mm-hmm. um, and also really restricting myself in terms of you know, not allowing myself to change the notes that were actually sung by the speaker which is something that I have allowed myself to do since, um, Mm -hmm. just because it gave me more control over where I wanted to take the song. Mm. Do you
0: mean the sort of the natural tune of the voice? Absolutely. Oh, right,
2: One one thing I've sort of stuck to fairly religiously is the rhythm of what's being spoken. Mm -hmm. So if I were to take the line, the rhythm of what's being spoken, I wouldn't alter that. I would just notate that and you couldn't stray from that. But what I would retain is the the up and the down. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't set the up and the down the up and the down, as the up and the down, because. Right. It was, but I, I might change the notes, there are two notes within the word down, down, I might change those notes to fit the harmonic material that for me made sense in the, within the context of the song that I was right. trying to
0: write. <laughs> It's great. Isn't it? It's working in this sort of formative area. You get so
2: conscious
0: of all of your stutters and repetitions and intonations. I mean, presumably, you, you work together in forming the material into, into the song structures as well as organising Yeah,
1: them. I mean, structurally, it sort of, I mean, we sort of went through various different ways of, of working, but when it came to sort of structuring the whole peak, because when we first started, we just kind of go, oh, this, this might make a good song, sort of thing. And it was sort of a bit random, really, right. and it was just a kind of impulsive, yeah, I think we don't know why, but this might mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And then when, um, well, then when it sort of became a commission and we were sort of like working towards a sort of greater thing, um, I sort of felt I needed some kind of, contr- you know, to have some kind of control over the sort of shape um, mm-hmm. and to know, OK, that bit I think maybe should be spoken because there are some facts in there which maybe are quite important and maybe right. this and then we'd discuss, you know, I'd say, Oh, I've got this interview, that interview, da whatever mm-hmm. and say, Oh, that might make a good song and da 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 right. whatever.
2: And also you really and nailed down the shape of the whole thing, I think, by the end of two thousand and nine and it was which was brilliant actually, because then we were able to yeah, then we look at the whole thing and say, Okay, that song comes there and it's after that and it's before that, and therefore it yeah. it might be good if it had this kind of feel and Yeah, all, all exactly. Of that. So we sort of knew the, the inside,
1: emotional thing, journey maybe of the right. of the piece. Um, and for me it was quite you know, it was a real development to be able to kind of write songs and kind of go, okay, so I, I sort of could push the material further than I'd been able to before by right. going, oh, what about if we repeat it could be him? Because to me that was a phrase I heard a lot, maybe not just from the girls in the coffee shop, but yeah. other people too. So by by kind of layering that and making it a chorus, right. it, I could almost, you know, just may make people say what I'm not... Well, I wasn't putting words into their mouths, no. but I felt like I could make points clearer than mm. I've been able to in other projects. Right. Because you think, oh, they had st- I know what they're saying, but they don't quite say it clear- clearly. Right. But by repeating it, the moment becomes Absolutely. Mean it lands better.
0: And to, and to pick up that particular kind of song example, I mean, it was, it's very striking. It's um, I imagine that quite a lot of you may be seeing it tonight, so we won't give too much away. <laughs> uh, but there is a song which is sort of about the kind of. Let's lazily call it the sort of paranoia or the suspicion um, in which the the phrase I think is you automatically think it could be him. Um, And it was interesting, kind of because the the repetition of that it seemed to me as you were watching it began to tell you something that was not just about a single person saying something. It was about the atmosphere of whole
1: area. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was sort of trying to do because that was the feeling that I got and I caught it. Right. You know, the fear was contagious. You know, I'd be walking around Ipswich thinking him. Right. You know, everyone was a sort of potential yeah. um, potential suspect. So that was very kind of exciting to me mm. that right. songs, you know, you could take things a bit further and make the point clearer. And,
0: and also, I suppose, it, 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 I feel in the production, and this happens quite, quite a lot with some of those songs, is actually the, the effect of the repetition starts making uh, it also seem kind of metaphorical is maybe too strong, but there's a sort of sense that actually there's something larger about the way that an event like the things that happened in Ipswich can kind of reveal the fault lines in any mm. community mm. or between men and women or, or something like that. Absolutely. Was, oh. was that something you just oh. discovered oh. from the effect of putting music to words that oh. somehow it had that?
2: Well, it's certainly something that was always expensive. there as something we knew we could achieve with this material. Oh. Um, Uh, to treat it in that way and it's not just the repetition either I think that does that, it's whether you treat phrases uh, as in solo lines or as duets or as trios or as choruses and obviously with the full chorus Mm -hmm. repetition of something it has a lot more weight than it does with just one individual saying it even if Mm -hmm. they repeat it Um, and you know in a very short space of time you can say this is an important thing for a whole community. Um, mm. quite simply and economically.
1: And when we first met, I actually took... There was two lots of... I had some other material too um, at this initial workshop, um, which was on <coughs> bullying in schools. And it was the Ipswich material. Ne- never thinking that actually either we'd necessarily end up working on it. it would just be right, sort right. of like, you know, plasticine to work with, and then we'd yeah. come up with an idea to obviously make something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the sort of the Ipswich stuff, often because it had, you had shared sentiments of men being chivalrous, women being yeah. scared, yes, and right. the music worked to sort of bind those emotions together, didn't it? Mm. That's what we found mm. sort of quite early on, so that was right. a sort of quite early discovery. <laughs>
0: that's great. Um, Rufus, can I turn, turn to you, uh, finally? Um, at, at what stage in this, I mean, it's been a four-year, almost four-year development project, <coughs> what stage did you get involved, and what kind of interested you in this material?
3: Um, I, I'm very late is the simple answer they pretty much worked it out, and uh, there was one more shotgun wedding, which was ours and uh, <laughs> and and yeah. so just in the in the hugely fortunate position of, of them having got that far without having an available director attached, um, which is a very rare thing um, and yeah, so I guess it was it was probably nine months ago and you know, we we talked into stuff. It was pretty well all there. Mm-hmm. I, I just gave a couple of opinions here and there, and um, we did a, we did a day or two at the studio. We had a bit just, of a workshop, yeah. Which was really just for me to get a feel of right the
0: material. And what um, was it that kind of excited you about this kind of project?
3: Well, what's really exciting about it is that it's is that it's quite groundbreaking in both form and content. I think the way that you know both of the techniques that are that, that are being employed. Um, are very new, certainly very new to me, and, and the synthesis of them is an incredibly exciting idea. Mm. It's also a terrible idea. It depends entirely on how it's done. And it was very, you know, I was intrigued, and um, and I obviously knew of Adam's work as a sound designer more than a composer, and Alex's work. But but um, yeah, it didn't take me very long. Right. In terms of list, you know, re- read. It took me very long to read through. You can't just and like he was like, well, you can't just read it, you have to listen and read, and preferably not read, but, you know, <laughs> so it took me about five hours, I think, to actually get through it, because right. the songs weren't quite enough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's very very apparent that, mm-hmm. that it had something really, really unusual and, and, uh, and quite exciting about it.
0: I'm, I'm glad you said it, it could have been a terrible idea, because I think when I first read, I think probably in the Na- National Theatre brochure, a description of what the show would be like, was a little bit of me going this sounds like this could be a really hideous yeah. idea for a show. <laughs> um, no. And, and that, must have been, that must have been a thought in your... That must have been a, a nervous thought in all three of your minds. Are we just sleepwalking into a sort of famous I, disaster?
3: I, I, I don't think that's true. I, 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 I think there was a very different fear, right. which was, is it possible to learn that music? Oh, right. I think, <gasps> frankly, I think, I think honestly, that's what... I th- and they all are. They all tell you um, <laughs> that that was... Right. I think that was really what everybody didn't know. Is it, oh, is it yeah. actually possible oh, to be right. as quite as clever as... Adam Cork, and in fact, the <laughs> <laughs> you know there, there are these amazing CDs, which will eventually be, I'm sure, mass marketed. No, no. Where, where buried Adam, in a time where capsule, Adam sings every single line that's sung on the stage, perfectly.
2: Very, very, with uh, the benefit of twenty takes on each yeah, one.
3: Yeah, still quite, um, I think, quite <laughs> threatening
2: as a doctor <laughs> for the
3: actors coming into it. But it did mean
2: that you know
3: the, the audio, which is very which is also very tricky and being yeah. learned for the first time. Mm. Alec has to be incredibly patient yeah. <laughs> to
2: wait for that too. I mean I yeah, I was I was you know thinking, can we find people who will who will learn it and we have and, and, and oh. then some in our cast. Um, oh. uh, and so I, I mean yeah, I made those demos, but that was just to demonstrate what I wanted the songs to sound like really, just so that everyone would have an idea. Um, but when you say will we be daunted, uh, you know, will we stumbling into something um, that would be a disaster? It depends on whether you mean the subject matter or the or the or the method really, because those are two things. And I f- personally, the the attraction for me was in this, you know, to, to try and create a, a new way of writing songs, right. um, oh. Oh. kind of regardless of the subject matter. Which is not to say that we ignore the subject matter no uh, at all, because it's you know that's very important. And um, I'll
0: come on to that yeah. in a second. I mean, uh, Rufus, you said. Uh, which I think is very interesting, that actually it was, it's that mixture of form and content. I suppose thinking about the content for, for a moment, um, I mean, do you think it's... I mean, it, clearly it's a sort of show that says something about theatre and uh, the ways in which you can represent the world and so on, but do you think it kind of says something broader about the nature of community, th- as I say, the kind of fault lines we were talking about before? I mean, do you think... Is that something that attracted you to it as well?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, it's it, yes, I think it's quite political piece.
0: Right. Actually,
3: in it, with a small p and in a very kind of bit in terms of the state of our community or lack of it now and and uh, you know, this this country is is now I think it is it's quite it's a very fascinating microcosm mm-hmm. um of a group of people who are put under pressure from mm-hmm. an outside situation that is you know, and you can go well. It's it, what's it to do with? It's to do with the fact that the police, you know, the, the, our government can't come up with a coherent policy because the media won't allow that to happen. So that these, the, 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 in this case, the prostitute situation, though you could substitute it for a number of other things, mm-hmm. is pushed around, and there are people in in communities that are that are not um, well represented for whatever reason who oh. end up oh. having to deal with it. And, yeah. and that's, I think, that's probably, and then and then consequently have quite. A, a wide range of opinions about it, some, yeah. of, some of which aren't entirely savoury, and, uh, but yes, yeah, so I think, it is, I think it's very very interesting from
0: that perspective. That's something I was going to say. I mean, it's not, um, it's in no sense a kind of prettified portrait. I mean, it's, oh. I don't think it, it's not a sort of lampooning, unflattering portrait, but it's certainly not varnished and made nice. And there is okay. an extraordinary moment very late on where one of the residents, very hesitatingly and confused, but admits mm-hmm. that they're rather glad that the prostitutes have gone and they, the, the phrase is, I'd like to shake him by the hand, mm-hmm. referring to the, mm-hmm. to the killer. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, an, it, and you, you felt when I saw it, the entire audience, kind of this chill goes mm. through them, mm. and it's a very kind of brave moment because you've got to kind of, mm. you've got to kind of love these people mm. over the course of uh, yes, and I think hopefully
1: by that point you do love them, mm. um, and so that's why it's slightly uncomfortable because you sort of think, oh no, how do I thought you were, <laughs> you know, I thought I got you, and then suddenly you're sort of taken somewhere else mm. with it. Um, but I think uh, hopefully um, by the t- by, you know, you know enough about that woman at that point when she says that that even if you might not necessarily agree with what she says, mm. if, you know, you can see maybe where she's coming from and if mm-hmm. you lived on that street and if you had to put up with that sort of prostitution mm-hmm. and you had kids, then you can sort of see where she's coming from, I think. Right. And I, I, you know, I hope that um, I felt in order, f- you know, for, for that, um, for us to be able to kind of put those in, I needed to set that up properly mm-hmm. so that it, so she wasn't just like a bigot. Right. You know, yeah. and you sort of go, I, I sort of, I don't necessarily agree, but I, I see where you're coming
0: from. Say, sorry, I mean, that, the, that points to the, the, the sort of ambivalence and ambiguity and complexity. It seems to me a kind of hallmark of the, the show. In, mm. in some ways, it's kind of quite, a, it's a simple show in some sense. It's very charming. It's about a very identifiable community very clear period of time. But on the other hand, you're constantly kind of wrong-footed in how far you you you're supposed to, you feel you're liking these people, how far you may be finding them amusing, and so on. And I wondered if that is uh, that's a a product of this the the formal device, which is obviously the adding the movement to verbatim. Uh, all right, this is sorry, this is turning into a rather long question. I'll I'll try and <laughs> to cut it short. You know, there's that thing that painters often say that they will add paint to a canvas, and then they take a step back and look and see what they've done. I kind of wondered if there's a sense that you both have that you still... I wonder how far you know what you've done. Do you, um, do you feel you fully understand what this device is doing and what effects it, it has?
2: Well, certainly in the process of composition, I was at, at great pains not to let any easy feeling continue for any length of time because right. it felt like that would be absolutely the wrong way to represent these real-life people in in this very important situation. Um, so as I was working on the detail, I was aware that when I took the step back, that 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 uh, approach would ha- would have had an effect. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you don't quite know until you do t- take the step back exactly what the big picture is. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and true. I I just felt that I wanted to make something that was you know that was honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think if it's going to be honest, you're going to have those complicated. Um, opinions uh, in there, you know, and almost yeah. to sort of take them out um, would be to misrepresent some of those characters, you know. So I did sort of go back and checked um, about the handshake comment, whatever, to sort of check that it was okay. And it was almost like, yes, I, I, I stand by it. It is, you know, right. and if it wasn't in there, you wouldn't get the full picture of of that woman.
0: Right. I mean, I mean, this obviously, this takes us into the kind of the, the, the ethical nature of doing a show like this, because, um, you know, I think mainly before the show properly opened, there were some people who thought it sounded like a terrible, uh, you know, unethically oh. unpleasant idea to make a piece of entertainment out of... A series of brutal killings and you know it to be fair it is very entertaining it's an often very funny show and so on so I wonder if I can ask each of you just a question about the things I know you will have thought about just about the kind of ethical responsibilities you feel you have I mean starting with you oh, uh, Alaki, cool. the what responsibilities do, did you feel you had to the people you'd interviewed and and how was that kind of Guided you through the process.
1: I, I feel a huge responsibility to the people I interview, always, um, and this one even uh, it's sort of by working with the music, um, I sort of was even more sort of aware of. Oh, I'm really taking it on to another level now, mm-hmm. um, and I think if I hadn't been um, had so much trust in uh, in Adams. Um, you know, com- com- composing and the score being so authentic, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have carried on working with him. Do you know what I mean? Right. If I'd sort of thought, oh, no, I don't think this is this isn't a really very honest representation, but it was. Mm-hmm. And then also entrusting Rufus um, in his sort of wonderful inventive staging and some things, you know, not to give the game away, but, you know, there are, there are wonderful moments in the show which didn't necessarily mm-hmm. happen like that, mm-hmm. but I feel that they're all rooted in a sort of uh, a truth, it's become a sort of theatrical right. um, device, but it's all sort of grounded in okay. the sort of uh, truth of the audio and that's what we always kind of came back to in, the, um, in rehearsals all the time. So I can sort of, I'm sort of happy with that, right. but it's something I sort of grappled with a lot and would right. often kind of say, oh no, we can't push it that, you can only push the audio so far. Um, because it's so linked to, um, you know, when you interview somebody, possibly what they're doing. So you you might not be able to take it completely out of context and all that kind of thing. And that's what we sort of discovered. (laughs) And have any of
0: the residents of London Road... Been to see it?
1: Yeah, a lot of them came last night. Right. Um, How did
0: they react to their portraits on stage?
1: They they loved it. Uh, I'm relieved to say, thank God. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it would have been a difficult question to answer. Um, <laughs> they um, yeah they they were really moved. Um, I sat sort of um, in front of quite a few and next to quite a few, um, and it was it was really lovely to sort of see their reactions throughout. Um, and they met the actors afterwards, and that was sort of really wonderful right. kind of magical moment yeah. of, you know, actors and real-life people coming together and, right. um, yeah, they, they're
2: very happy with it. So, you know, <laughs>
1: press night for me is always scary, but that's pretty scary I think, too. Yeah, you
2: and know? I think that was a real-life actor maybe laughing. Adam,
0: just... It's a difficult question exactly to phrase, but watching it, I, I kind of... I thought the music was always doing something very complex that I didn't feel I always understood in terms (laughs) of its emotional effect. Uh, And what I mean by that is, sometimes the verbatim material, when it's sung, became funny in a way that I kind of thought, am I laughing at them or with them or sympathizing? And sometimes I was doing all of those. But But again, I suppose this comes back to the ethical thing. Were you, did you ever kind of think, somehow the way I've set that, uh, I now think they have become a figure of fun, do you know what I mean? I, do, did that I ever? I, mean,
2: I I'd be interested to know which bits you, you did find funny because obviously there are comic songs and there are songs which are serious. Right. Um, and yeah, d- during the writing I did find myself, you know, d- the rhythms of the way people talk are so exciting that they can lead you in all sorts of directions and sometimes it's the wrong direction and I went up loads of little cul-de-sacs and kind of found my way forward uh, by doing that really. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and I suppose the other thing is to say about that is that mu- you know music is a very emotive um, art form, and it's very easy to press buttons emotionally with music. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems to me that the complexity of w- what we were trying to do here involved reading the emotions of a moment and the succession of, of, of moments within successive uh, of emotions within successive moments, mm-hmm. and having a sort of kaleidoscopic. Um, reeling past of different emotional states, such as, such as you get in, you know, real life <laughs> being. Right. Uh, so perhaps that's, the, uh, perhaps that's the complexity you're responding to. But also I think in terms of finding the repetition funny, which it sounds like you did, mm-hmm. I think it's important to distinguish between laughter which is mockery, because yeah. uh, I hope that that wasn't the laughter that yeah. you were experiencing, but th- th- there's also another form of laughter which is a laughter of recognition. Yeah. And hopefully, what I wanted to do was to kind of expose the, the guttural rhythms and the and the and the emotions that were contained within what was being expressed, and right. isolate them, and you know almost objectify them, but hopefully in a compassionate way. Yeah. And the results I do think make you laugh sometimes because you go, yeah, well, yes, it is funny the way that is that is said, that turn of phrase. Um. But it's as you
0: said, so that there is a laughter recognition yeah. that because we I'm doing I'm doing that self-conscious thing again because we always interrupt <laughs> ourselves and. <laughs> drift yeah. off in grammatically and those sorts of things. Yeah,
2: and, al- and also I think in, in, um, in English song, there, you know, there, there, there tends to be a sort of self-effacing quaintness sometimes. Right. I wanted to get away from that and r- expose some of the, the power within the, the rhythms of in, you know, English people. Right.
0: And, and this is going to be my last question, so to have your own questions forming in your mind. Rufus, uh, in terms of then... Uh, Organising the rehearsal process, there is obviously there's a question about a sort of tone of performance, uh, I think, and of singing. I mean, actually, how you sing these kind of things, um, that that is about how you avoid caricature, how you avoid taking it too far away from the kind of realism of the or the reality of the, the recordings and so on. I mean what were the kind of discoveries you made in this in this process about how how you can keep true to those experiences through this form?
3: Well I mean it, it certainly helps in the in both <coughs> in both fields of the the what we call in rehearsal the audio rather than the script. I mean that says it all we never call it the script we always call it the audio we're doing music or audio and uh, and audio means you listen to it and you've got it there and it's there perfectly there is no there's no argument. If you start embellishing, that, right. that you, You've lost. And it. Uh, I mean, we were very, very blessed because we, because it became apparent uh, very quickly that the cast were going to police themselves and each other incredibly rigorously oh. um, on all on all counts. Right. <coughs> In fact, they did an amazing thing, which really unbelievable thing. I don't know if any of them are still there, but they d- they uh, did s- they, they invented something called the anti-piping rule. <laughs> Um, several, a, a couple of weeks before I realised they'd done it, and you'd have huh? a note session, and you'd go, um, you know, you, di- you did this bit wrong, and, and you know, normally when you give a note to an actor, they'll, 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 they'll give you a reason why it happened, or they'll, you know, or they'll say actually that's because technically the sofa wasn't in the right place or whatever it is, all of which could, if you're strict, be, uh, be classified as piping up, and, and. <laughs> They all decided that if they did their usual act of thing of piping or talking or you know uh, avoiding doing the, the excruciatingly painful thing of making an idiot of yourself in front of your colleagues all day long, which is what they do in rehearsal. Um, uh, anyway, they, they decided among themselves that, they, that if they did that, they would never get on top of this incredibly difficult material. And they, and they just stopped. And I think that. Um, well, they didn't stop, Well, they find each other. Well, they, they find, yeah, they <laughs> find, no, it's worse, that, yeah, more <laughs> worse than that. Um, so that's the kind of, in a way, that was the, you know, yes, it's very, very, it, it's, it's very easy for, for any imaginative artist and an actor in this situation to go, well, I've got ownership of it now, I'll just enjoy that, particularly if there's humour involved or extra pathos or whatever it is. But, um, I mean, Alec is, is, a, is a strict headmistress. And, <laughs> but, but it wasn't just that. I mean, it's, you know, everybody understood, I think, and, you know, that if we weren't, Totally accurate to it. It would very quickly become caricature, and that, mm. and that. Then, then people laugh at you, and all, mm. all kinds mm. of evils will emerge from that, which would which would compromise the the, the very very um, obvious purity of it. Mm. In fact, right? mm. it was very it was very clear that that's what we had to do from the from the first audition, and and everybody got got completely mm. behind that.
1: And also, think because they were the first actors that I worked with, um, well for me, that would be doing it without the earphones. I think they felt a real sense of. <laughs> You know, we right. w- we want to nail it. We want to see if right. we can do it as you did it before with the earphone right. sort of thing. And they really, you know, they really respected that and and went for it fantastically. Thank
0: you. I'm afraid we've run out of time, but can I just ask you to join me in in thanking the the panel <laughs> for <audience>. having us. <laughs>